Welcome. You are listening to Aftersight. This recording is intended solely for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Thank you for joining us for the February 15th, 2024, Thursday reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Commissioners Honor Purple Heart Recipients at Legislature, written by Pat Hill. DDA to Vote on Grant for Fire Department in March, written by Pat Hill. Major Fire Mitigation in Progress at Pike National Forest, written by Marianne Magan. Woodland Park High School Athletic Trainer Wins Prestigious Award, written by Lindsay Prowl, and following up with miscellaneous articles. Our first article is entitled, Commissioners Honor Purple Heart Recipients at Legislature, written by Pat Hill. In a show of solidarity, Colorado State Senators voted unanimously last week to designate US-24 and CO-67 as part of the Purple Heart Trail in Teller County. The designation was the result of a resolution introduced in the legislature by Mark, Senator Mark Baisley, Republican Woodland Park. To honor the designation, Teller County Commissioners Bob Campbell, Eric Stone, and Dan Williams honored Vietnam veterans Don Bartron and John Bartlett, Purple Heart recipients, in a ceremony February 6 at the state legislature. The ceremony was emotional, said Williams, speaking at commissioners' meeting February 8. In support of the veterans, Ross Herzog, county administrator, and Carl Anderson attended the ceremony. The Purple Heart signs will go up when the ground thaws, Williams said. That was the good news. When the legislation begins for the year, the commissioners head to Denver, usually with the idea of halting proposed legislation, especially those that attempt to take away local control. Unfunded mandates also get their attention. For instance, HB 24-1168, requires that every meeting and workshop be live-streamed for the public to view. It would be expensive and require additional staff because you can't expect volunteers to come in and set up the online streaming, Stone said. There are at from 10,000 to 20,000 board meetings around the state. Another bill that has caught the attention of the commissioners as well, as Sheriff Jason Mike Sell, is SB 24-003. We all testified against the bill, Williams said. The bill authorizes the Colorado Bureau of Investigation to support local law enforcement in cases involving the illegal use of firearms. It's a backdoor to gun control, Williams said. In addition to their regular duties, the commissioners and Herzog pulled double duty during the snowstorm of February 2 and 3. I want to thank Ross Herzog for his leadership, Fred Clifford, 
Public Works Director, and the road crews who were all out there at 1 a.m., Williams said. Eric made about a million burritos, and Bob brought three cans of chili out there to the guys, and hot chocolate. For his part, Williams put on a pair of snowshoes to traverse four feet of snow to deliver eggs and milk to elderly neighbors. It was pretty bad out there, he said. Our next article is entitled DDA to Vote on Grant for Fire Department in March, written by Pat Hill. Northeast Teller County Fire Protection District moved closer to achieving a grant from the Downtown Development Authority to help fund a ladder truck. If approved by the board in March, the grant would help NETCO fill revenue gaps due to the annual loss of a portion of property taxes paid to the DDA. Over the past year and a half, the board has discussed the possibility of awarding a grant up to $150,000. The DDA receives funds through tax increment financing, which is based on the increase in value of properties developed within district. The downside is that the fire department, one of five entities within the district, loses its portion of the increase. According to calculations provided by NETCO Chief Tyler Lambert, the amount of TIF the department would have received escalated from $34,510 in 2010 to $141,956 in 2023. With the growth in NETCO's territory, the loss of funds equals $1,155,911 since 2010. In my opinion, all of the districts specified for TIF funds NETCO qualifies the most because the job of the DDA is to help growth and development of the downtown district, Perry said, speaking at the meeting February 6th. At the same time, we're taking away funds to protect that district. Perry acknowledged that Chief Lambert had attended DDA meetings for the first several years after the inception of the DDA, but to no avail. I am suggesting that we provide a grant to specifically help buy a ladder truck, Perry said, adding that Lambert estimates the cost at $1.5 million. How is this grant going to be received by the other taxing districts, said Vice Chair John Gamelk, while adding that he is in favor of the grant. I'm not concerned about the other districts. We have a right to do this, Perry said. I find it hard to believe that other districts would argue that fire protection is not a need. I would suspect that the court of public opinion would go against that argument. To confirm the legality of awarding a grant, Perry sought the advice of the DDA attorney. There is a provision in the statute that provides the DDA with any and all powers ordinarily reserved for corporations 
in the state of Colorado, said Marcus McAxon, speaking via Zoom. There is also supplemental authority whereby the DDA could make a grant directly to the municipality that formed the DDA, the city of Woodland Park. John Gomes, Dave Paul, and David Rial, board chair, secretary, and deputy chief, respectively, were at the meeting to highlight the need. According to an article in the Gazette, Cheris and Andrew Womack, operations plan to spend from 10 to $12 million annually on new construction through 2030, Gomez said. Right now, they're building a conference center, dormitories, and new apartment buildings. How do we fight a fire when a lot of those buildings are not at ground level? DDA Treasurer Eric Cabrera spoke of a visit to the Bible College where he saw three renderings that outlined future building plans. Cheris is going to be a city in itself, Cabrera said. A ladder truck would ensure greater efficiency for what Cheris has going on. I think you have a huge workload ahead of you, and I thank you for being here and for what you do every day. The department bought the current ladder truck used in 2012 from the city of Denver. Gomez said, adding that maintenance is a problem because many of the required parts are discontinued. Perry offered a note of hope. We will get this done and we will vote in March, he said. The next article is entitled Major Fire Mitigation in Progress at Pike National Forest, written by Marianne Magan. Mitigation is a valuable tool in fire prevention that will protect properties and lives, but it will also serve to keep the forests healthier and less susceptible to faster spreading fires. With less available fuel, the fires can be easier to control and kept from spreading. Reducing the number of trees will also help to minimize pine beetle and spruce budworm outbreaks. In February 2023, Josh Virus, District Ranger, USFS, informed residents of Lake George District of upcoming mitigation in parts of Pike National Forest. The mitigation process commenced east of Wilkerson Pass and the Badger Flats area in the fall and has now moved to areas along County Road 61, which is Blue Mountain Road, 98, and 403. This mitigation project came about through a bipartisan infrastructure bill passed by Congress that allocated money to the USFS to take the necessary steps to mitigate the forests surrounding homes and communities in the district to help protect them from wildfire. Having a healthier forest will also mean more foraging opportunities for deer, elk, proghorn, and moose. If any rapture nests are located in or around trees marked for removal, 
they will alter the plan. Wildlife protection is another reason, rather than just weather, that most of the mitigation activity will occur in the fall and winter. They do not want to harm or disturb the wildlife while they are having and nurturing their young. USFS is outsourcing most of the work to commercial loggers, and many of the trees will be cut into two-by-fours and firewood. It is dependent on the market, and some of the wood could be shipped to the gypsum biomass plant, where they use wood burning to generate electricity. The forest itself will be selling cords of firewood locally to the public. Mitigation is an important facet of maintaining healthy forests. Cutting down the trees will not only open up the forest to new growth, but will reduce the amount of ladder fuel and prevent the spread of pine beetles and the spruce budworm. Slash piles throughout the areas will be burned, and the ashes will be spread as fertilizer to encourage new and healthier growth of pine trees, aspen trees, and wildflowers. Burning the slash piles is necessary to remove any remaining fuel to prevent them from catching fire during a wildfire incident. Residents will be notified when the burns are commencing. We prefer to do these burns when we have had a significant amount of snow that will help with fire suppression, said Voris. People are asked to use caution in these areas and be watchful of heavy equipment on the roads. Any questions can be directed to the district office of the USFS in Fairplay. Phone number is 719-836-2031. That's 719-836-2031. Our next article is entitled... Woodland Park High School Athletic Trainer Wins Prestigious Award, written by Lindsay Prowl. Woodland Park High School's athletic training program, led by athletic trainer Melissa Yerjar, has been honored with the first team award from the National Athletic Trainers Association for the Safe Sports School Award. The NATA's Safe, School, Safe Sports School Award recognizes schools that meet rigorous requirements and recommendations for the safety and well-being of student-athletes. This prestigious recognition is a testament to the outstanding efforts of Yuriar and the entire athletic program at Woodland Park High School, the school said in a press release. Woodland Park High School's athletic director, Chad Costner, praised Yuryar for her dedication to student-athlete safety. We are immensely proud of Melissa Yuryar and the entire athletic program at Woodland Park High School for achieving the first-team award from NATA, Costner said. In a school boasting 17 sports, Yuryar's commitment to ensuring the safety of every student-athlete resulted in this remarkable achievement. The first team award signifies that Woodland Park High School has not only met but exceeded the high standards of NATA, 
making it a safe environment for student-athletes to pursue their passion while minimizing risks. Yuryar, the sole athletic trainer at Woodland Park High School, expressed her gratitude and dedication to student-athlete safety. This award is a collective achievement for our school and community. It reflects our commitment to providing a safe and secure environment for our student-athletes. I am proud to be part of a program that prioritizes the health and safety of our students, Yuryar said. The next article is entitled, Document Should End, Woodland Park's Cog Car Drama, written by Pat Hill. In a twist of fate for the Cog Car currently in Woodland Station, a document signed in April 2022 paves the way to move the railway car off the property. The document, discovered recently, was signed April 19, 2019, by former chair of the Downtown Development Authority, Mary Jo Larson, and Donna Finical, director of the Ute Pass Historical Society. Mayor Hillary Labar signed for the City of Woodland Park. The document is an agreement between the entities that transferred ownership of the Myrna Cog railcar with rails and ties to the Historical Society. We find nowhere in DDA public records that DDA ever signed or said that the COG would stay where it is, said Tony Perry, DDA chair, speaking at the meeting February 6. The DDA says the agreement finalizes the standoff between it and the adult children of the late Duane and Myrna Carter, to whom the car was dedicated in February 2021. At the time, the DDA owned the property, but last year, with a new chair and board, sold 6.63 acres to the Tava Group for $800,000 cash. With the sale, the group's investors, led by Derek Wagoner, agreed to fund the cost of moving the railway car. With the agreement, the DDA will hold Tava accountable for funding the relocation to as-yet-unspecified location Perry said. Right now, the COG is on private property, period, end, stop, he said. At issue was the Carter's family under the Carter family's understanding that their father would want the car to remain in Woodland Station. Basing their argument on the fact that Dwayne Carter paid $12,000 to move the car from Manitou Springs to the DDA property. The transport was the result of a donation by the Broadmoor-Manitou Springs-Pikes Peak Cog Railway. The Carters recently turned the negotiations over to their attorneys, who would only deal with the DDA attorney, Marcus McCaskin. The Carters' attorney told our attorney that the car belongs to the Ute Pass Historical Society, Perry said. The next article is entitled... Team Rubicon offers mitigation aid in Green Mountain Falls by release from the town of Green Mountain Falls for the Courier. One of the most at-risk towns in Colorado for wildfire, Green Mountain Falls, is distinguished by its multiple mitigation projects, but the need is ongoing, still critical despite the recent snowstorms. 
but mitigation is expensive, out of reach for some. Team Rubicon, a veteran-led organization that provides disaster relief around the world, has agreed to help 20 homeowners lower their property's risk from wildfire. Help is available for residents who cannot afford the cost of mitigation and are unable to do the work themselves, said David Douglas, chair of the town's Fire Mitigation Advisory Committee. The project kicks off next week with a presentation by Team Rubicon's David LaRive, who will meet with homeowners who have signed up for help. Although we must limit Rubicon's mitigation help to those most in need, but the team can help us start on a path to wildland preparedness, Douglas said. The meeting will be an opportunity for anyone interested in volunteering with Rubicon. Last year, the group assisted people affected by an earthquake in Morocco, a typhoon in Guam, and a Florida hurricane. They will also work in wildlife recovery efforts in Maui and plans to help in the war-torn Gaza Strip. The project kicks off with a community meeting at 6 p.m. February 21 at Town Hall in Green Mountain Falls. This is an important meeting for the entire community, including Chipta Park and Cascade, Douglas said. Free pizza and apple pie will be served. For information about signing up, contact Douglas at 281-610-1281. That's 281-610-1280. The next article is entitled Chamber of Commerce Annual Award Winners Named, written by the Courier Staff. The Greater Woodland Park Chamber of Commerce unveiled the recipients of the 2023 Service Awards, alongside the designation of two Wagon Boss Award winners for 2023. Furthermore, the Chamber Foundation will grant three Wagon Boss scholarships amounting to $15,000 during its annual dinner. Sherry Albertson was named the Volunteer of the Year while the Teller County Farmers Market Association was named the Nonprofit of the Year. Suzanne LeClerc earned Employee of the Year honors, and Your Neighborhood Realty was named Business of the Year. Jim Olson, General Manager of Foxworth Galbraith Lumber Company, and Donna Finical were named as Wagon Boss Award winners. This is the second time during my tenure that our judges have declared a tie in one of our award categories, Chamber President Debbie Miller said, with Teller County providing an exceptional environment for living, working, and contributing to our community, we see an abundant quality of deserving nominees each year for our awards. Albertson began at age seven working in a vaccine clinic for stray animals. From vaccine clinics to charity events, She's dedicated her time to various causes, including Habitat for Humanity, Happy Cats Haven, and Teller Historic and Environmental Coalition. She has actively supported community initiatives, including the Holiday Home Tour, Vino and Notes, Ute Pass Symphony Guild, and many more. 
Her commitment extends to schools, where she volunteers for Junior Achievement of Southern Colorado. Sherry embodies altruism, dedication, and humility, making her an exceptional volunteer and a clear choice for this award, said Steve Wolf, past chair and the chamber board of the chamber board. Thank you for joining us for the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aftersight.org or by calling 303-786-7777.